Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Karen Litzy. Today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So when it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solution has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth has a fun new offer if you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth's private practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. Again, that's nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y. I have actually done this audit, and it's really interesting, really fascinating, so I highly suggest it. Now, on to today's episode. So today, well, this month, we're all about self-improvement, mind-body business, and soul. And so today, I'm really happy to have on the program Kate Ekman. She is the author of The Full Spirit Workout, a 10-step guide to shed your self-doubt, strengthen your spiritual core, and create a fun and fulfilling life. She's a broadcast journalist and TV personality who brings her experience in communications, performance, and mindfulness to her practice as a success coach for business leaders and professional athletes. She earned a BA in communications from Penn State University, where she was an academic All-American swimmer, and received her master's degree in broadcast journalism from Northwestern University's Medal uh, School of Journalism. She graduated at the highest level from Columbia University's Executive and Organizational Coaching Program, which we talk about, and is a certified ICF coach and a licensed MBI consultant. Passionate about mindfulness practices, both brain and body health, she is also a meditation teacher and course teacher for Insight Timer, the world's number one ranked free meditation app. You can visit her online at kateekman.tv. So what do we talk about in today's episode? Today, Kate talks all about the five P's of confidence, the story behind the full spirit workout, and how we can find personal fulfillment and success, how we can boost our mental metabolism, and how we can achieve our goals. You'll hear about coaching programs, how to handle perfectionism-itis, which, guilty, and get some valuable advice all on today's episode of Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. So big thanks to Kate for coming on and enjoy. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. It's my joy to be here. And now, as I said in in your bio, you are the author of The Full Spirit Workout, and we will talk about the book in a little bit. But what I'd love to talk about first, well, a couple of things. So one, I, one thing I'm actually quite curious about, I noticed, uh, on your website that one of the coaching programs you went through was the Columbia three CP program. And I know a lot of listeners are always wondering what, what, what is a coaching program? How can I get into that? So can you talk just briefly about that before we get going, just so listeners have a better idea of where you're coming from? 
Sure. So it was a very, very rigorous, intense program. It was about a year, a little over a year. And it was, it was deeper and harder than master's degrees. And um, I had colleagues who went to Columbia Business School. They said it was harder than that. I mean, it was really intense and hardcore, but it was such thorough training and we learned whole person coaching techniques and neuroscience and positive psychology. And it was just so much peer coaching and, and really going through a, a really detailed process and going through the guiding principles of coaching and, and going through just so many programs and processes that they had developed. And that main, man named Terry Maltabell, who started the program, who is a genius. So I was just working alongside so many top-notch people and minds and the faculty was incredible. And you know, coaching right now is, I feel like everyone and their mother is calling themselves a coach. And it, it, it kind of disheartens me a bit because it, it is a serious role where you're holding someone's well-being in, in your hands. And it needs to be, I think, a bit more regulated and taken a bit more seriously. And that's why I chose this program. And I wanted to have this knowledge and, and taking the profession very seriously, not to sound like a total nerd, but I also love that they required us to write a massive research paper that was almost like writing a thesis and, and really dive into the art and the practice of coaching. That's amazing. I have to, I didn't think that it was going to be that rigorous year. Cause oftentimes I hear, you know, kind of coaching, programs might be a couple of months, three or four months. Um, so that is much, much more than I thought. It sounds incredible. It, it was probably the best investment I've ever done. And I, I have gotten another graduate degree at Northwestern years ago in journalism. And I, I was about to say, I loved that program. I liked it. It was it. That was another super intense. It was a, a year intensive program that I took an accelerated program and nearly killed me. It was, it was so much work. So between undergrad and grad, and then this program, the Columbia was, I think my favorite and just most rewarding and just to be able to help people in an impactful way. And so much of it is, is, is underneath the surface level though. You know, it's, it's listening to what people aren't saying and, and really reading and feeling body language and just opening up this space and container for people to come to their own conclusions. I think that's another misconception about coaching. Coaching isn't consulting. It's not therapy. It's not problem solving. You know, when I first got into coaching, that's what I thought it was. Like if you were my client and you came to me, for example, and said, I want to make more money. I thought it was my job to come up with this business plan or to come up with the solutions, but really it's, <laughs> We're focusing on the client's agenda and you have all the answers. It's my job to ask the questions that will make you reflect so deeply questions you've never been asked before to take you into the depths of yourself where you actually have the answers. And of course I can say some things I can ask for permission to add here and there, but really it's about bringing out your own wisdom. That is way more powerful than anything I could say to you or tell you to do. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And, and I thank you for that because I agree the word coaches all over the place these days. And I think that was a really succinct way of saying, Hey, this is what coaching is. And this is how I learned how to be a good coach. And I think that that makes a big difference. And it, it really is a partnership. I like to say I'm your thought partner and, and we are co-creating together and it does become about that, that container. So 
you know, I, I, everyone who's in the field obviously wants to help someone. I just invite and encourage people, whatever your field is. And you know, this from your profession too. I think this, I come from a family of doctors. So I come from a family where you go to school for years and years and years, and you have to have the medical school and the fellowship and the residency and all the things before you can, no one can just call themselves a doctor on Instagram, you know, or a physician. And so I see, I I've seen what my brother has gone through, for example. So I think I wanted to, I wanted to be there and, and, and have longevity and, and just the type of people that I wanted to coach who quite frankly, are not going to put up with any nonsense, you know, the high achievers or professional athletes, they expect you to come in and be on top of your game. And that takes training and that takes research and that takes working on, on yourself. And, and as I like to say, you have to fine tune your instrument before you can play it for the world. And there's no escaping that. And it's, you know, when you're in the midst of the hard work and you're paying a lot of money to work really hard and you see people around you who have no credentials and are making 50 K whatever on Instagram to sell something. That's when you have to just remember to stay in your own lane. Think about the, the impact that you want to make and the work that you're here to do, because it would be tempting. I can see why people are like, I would never go back to school or I would never pay money or do some intensive program. That's too much work. But I just, I just have to ask what kind of impact do you want to make? And I, I, I can even feel some eyes rolling or, you know, a lot of people I think don't want to hear what I'm saying, but for me, this is, was the right decision. Yeah. Well, I think I can say with confidence that I feel like my audience does want to hear what you're saying, because, you know, as physical therapists, we go to school for seven years. You so know? my mom's a PT, so I, I love oh, you already. And yeah. So I, 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 okay. So your audience gets it because I, you do that. A lot of the Instagram crowd, they, and I'm not saying that that's your audience, but they kind of think I see it. That culture thinks the opposite. And it is kind of frustrating because same with writing a book, for example, I think so many people see the end result, whatever it is, and they just want that. But they, what they don't see is all the work that we have put into it. And this, this reminds me of even a story that just came to mind that comes to me often, which is interesting because it literally happened 20 years ago, but in 2001 country singer, Shelby Lynn won best new artist. And when she accepted her award, this is the only acceptance speech I have ever remembered at the Grammys ever, 20 years ago. And she was gracious and she said, thank you, but also kind of mocked the award and said, best new artist. It only took me 13 years and six albums to get here. <laughs> I, just, I just thought, yeah, because people think you just show up and no, you have to put in the work. And yeah. I don't know why people aren't wanting to hear this or understand this. And so all, everyone listening who has, you know, been through your seven year program, I honor you and you will have a much greater impact and you will have the longevity. And, and if I was your patient, I would feel so held in your care. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, I, as I mentioned, I, I said, I could say with good confidence that my audience would agree with you and that it's a nice segue to talk about um, one of the things that uh, that you coach, and that's confidence. So what are the five P's, the letter P, just so people know, of confidence? Sure. So it's presence, patience, purpose, preparation, 
and practice. And because I love you and your audience, I'll give you two bonus P's. And that is pause and person as in be a person. And I'm happy to quickly go through them. And it's something that we can all discuss later, even offline or online somewhere, but presence. So presence obviously is being fully present where you are with whomever you're with, even if it's just yourself. So the phones and the TV and all of it is off and you are just there in the moment, focusing on your breath, focusing on the task at hand. Right now I am locked into you, nothing else. There's a million other things that could be going on, but being present. And then with that comes bringing your presence. So showing up like you mean it. So many people tell me, oh, I'm not getting this goal. This isn't happening. And I'm like, I, I don't think that you care. You're showing up like you don't care. So I think bringing that energy, bringing that enthusiasm to everyone you meet and to everything that you do. Patience. Oh man. I think of that 38 special song that says hold on loosely. So I think sometimes we're all guilty of gripping so tightly to our goals. We want this relationship. We want this job. We want this money. And when we grip so tight, we actually repel it. So putting in your work, taking those action steps, and then taking your hands off the wheel and, and gently leaning into trust and detaching from those outcomes releasing expectations. And, and Shelby Lynn, the story I just told, what a perfect example of patience, right? And trusting in the process. And, and confidence stems from the words to trust, to do something with trust, which is great because you can build on that. And it's something that comes from within. Purpose is your why. So it's so important to have a strong why that will keep you going even when it's hard, when you want to throw in the towel, when it doesn't feel like anything is working out for you. That's what this book, I had a really strong why. My, my two friends who are no longer with us and, and they kept me going when it was really challenging. And, and I think a lot of people, this is where they get tripped up because I'll ask them, well, why do you want to do this? And they often don't have a good answer or the answer is impressing other people or just money is the only goal, things like that. It's like the people who say, well, I want to be a parent because when I post pictures of my kids on Instagram, I'll get more likes. Ooh, probably going to hate parenthood and your kids probably not going to go over well. Yeah. Yeah. And not <laughs> yeah. a good reason to be a parent. Yeah. So, um, I, I, yeah. And, and if you are a parent, you are my personal hero. I, I don't know how parents get anything done. I, I bow down to them every day. Preparation of course is about, you know, building habits that lead to better behaviors that lead to better results. So that boosts your confidence when you're prepared and practice. There's this misconception that, we don't have to put in that much work. It's like what I was saying about school and, and the credentials. And I, I think of Tom Brady because we're the same age. We are both big 10 athletes. He's still winning Super Bowls, and my knees hurt when I go to Pilates. So <laughs> Tom Brady, you're an inspiration, but Tom Brady is the best because he practices harder than anyone. You know, people think, oh, well, if you need that much work, you must be the worst. No, you, you pra he practices that much because he's the best, not the worst. And, and your talent merits investment. So practice. Pause is really what the, this inner fitness program is about. It's, it's taking that moment before you respond to the upsetting email, before you tell the jerk what a jerk they are. It's taking that moment of mindfulness and, and thinking, okay, I'm really upset, but I'm willing not to be. And, and who do I want to be instead? So it is about non-reactivity. Again, I got to practice this a lot. And, and the last one is, is, I mean, they're all my favorites, but this one makes me laugh. 
be a person. My speaking coach, Eduardo Placer always says this to me because I'm someone who has struggled with perfectionism and, and performance and obsession with performance. And he always says, just be a freaking person. And this is really about our humanity and just leaning into not just the person we present to the world who is put together, but that really messy person behind the scenes, just trying to keep it all together. He or she is awesome too. Let's embrace that and and just be a person because that's where, that's what's really beautiful about us, right? Our humanity and, and just being willing to show up even when it's hard. And, and, and that's, that's another, a key building block of confidence is, is our willingness to show up and not be great first or ever. That's me in dance class. Never going to be a great dancer, but you show up. I build confidence because I dare to put myself out there and not be good in a room full of dancers and feel like a complete jackass, but it's fun. And, and it's, it's that one activity I can do where I'm, I, it's a, such a rebellion against my inner perfectionist. Cause there's, there's never going to be a perfect performance in dance class. It's I'm just there to show up and, and, and move around and, and release some energy. Absolutely. You're speaking my language. <laughs> totally. I, cause I took, when I was at Equinox, I always took this dance class. It was like six 30 in the evenings and it was with this guy, Johnny. And some days it would be like jazz hands. Some days it was hip hop. Some day- I'm not a dancer, but I would show up and I would have the best time. And I mean, there were women in there who were clearly dancers in their early years. I mean, they're like in their 60s and 70s and they're splitting and high kicking and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, I can't even touch my toes when I'm sitting. And these women have like their their stomachs are on the ground, you know, but it's true. You go out there, you put yourself out there. And the more I did it, the more confident I was as a dancer. Not that I'm a good dancer, But I was confident in what I was doing because I practiced and the more I did it, the more, and I also think the more I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and those moments, then we, we become a dancer. And I had this woman in class who was a gorgeous dancer and I had to perform in front of these people. (laughs) Let me restate that. I got to be a person in front of these people. And they, they wrote, the one woman wrote me a note after class and she said, you are a dancer. And I thought, yeah, I am. Cause I'm here dancing. It's yeah. not about being usher or JLo or, you know, whomever it's I, I'm, yeah, I'm here dancing and I'm a dancer. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, and it brings me to that concept of perfectionism and performance, which a lot of high achievers have, they have perfectionism itis or performance itis. I don't know that those are words, but you know what I'm talking about. So what do you say to those high achievers where it's all about high performance and perfection? And on that note, we'll take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back with Kate's answer. When it comes to boosting your clinic's online visibility, reputation, and increasing referrals, NetHealth's digital marketing solutions has the tools you need to beat the competition. They know you want your clinic to get found, get chosen, and definitely get those five-star reviews on Google. NetHealth has a fun new offer. If you sign up and complete a marketing audit to learn how digital marketing solutions can help your clinic win, they will buy lunch for your office. If you're already using NetHealth Private Practice EMR, be sure to ask about its new integration. Head over to nethealth.com forward slash L-I-T-Z-Y to sign up for your complimentary marketing audit. Yeah, I, I first would want to work with people like I had to do with myself and just ask, where does this come from? Where does this thought process come where you 
even think you have to perform or achieve at this high level to even be worthy or valuable or loved. And it really is about feeling safe in the world and not feeling so alone. And, and that's the story I tell in the book about being the four-year-old at the swim club and being in swim lessons that I didn't really like and overhearing my instructor tell my mom that I'm not a very good swimmer and how heartbreaking it is for me as an adult to think of my sweet little innocent four-year-old thinking like, oh gosh, I, I love my mom and dad. I want them to be proud of me. I don't want them to have a daughter who's a bad swimmer, especially since they're so athletic. And then going on to break every record at that swim club, because my mentality was I have to perform at a really high level to be safe and not just win the love of mom and dad, but I guess I need to impress strangers. So they say nice things about me and I can feel worthy and, and then people will love me because I'm good at something and they can be wowed by my quote unquote performance and what a trap that is. So I think it is about taking ourselves back to where we even come up with this mentality. But I think when we are in that place of obsession, it's like I said, you have to go back to being a person, but you have to also go back to why do I even, why am I even doing this? And, and I think when you are more clear, even I have a client who's extremely wealthy, extremely high achieving, and he's coming to that point in his life. He's about to turn 50 where he thinks, what does all of this even mean? What is my, cause he had a health scare. And what if I pass away? What is my legacy that I made a bunch of money? And, and so he's starting to think of what impact he wants to make or you know, like many of us, we experience external success, but then we feel unfulfilled on the inside or insecure, full of self-doubt, full of anxiety. And so I think it's just coming back to what, what really matters to us and, and who are we underneath all of the, the titles and the labels and the, the achievements and the accolades and awards, all of that stuff, and really getting clear on that. And then your desire to be perfectionistic or to always have to perform at a high level goes away because you know who you are without all this stuff. And then spoiler alert, you actually end up achieving more and less time and attracting the people experiences relationships because you've become the person who just gets to have that or gets to be that rather than striving and enforcing and controlling. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, absolutely. And it has me at going back in my head, like, is that why I did that? Is that why I did this? Was it for, you know, to have your parents feel proud of you or to have people tell you, wow, that was so good. Or for, yeah, I need to do a lot of inner work <laughs> thinking about this right now. I'm we like, all do, wow, what? But, what a, but what a great practice that I invite you and everyone listening to do is go back and think of that limiting thought or think of, wow, I am so anxious. And it's because I feel like I have to impress people or earn someone's approval and try to go back. And it's always in childhood something. And it's something that we don't even think of. I hadn't thought of that swim club moment until I was doing heavy thought around this book when I was writing it and doing a lot of meditation and reflection. And that story came, I'm like, where did this come from? This obsession and how crazy, right? Crazy. And the things that we hold on to, and, and then also inviting everyone to, instead of the criticisms or the society that tells us how we don't add up ever, especially as women, to really think of the compliments or think about your strengths and, and, and making that the root of your core belief system instead of all that other crap. 
Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And now let's talk uh, a little bit more about the book. So the full spirit workout. So what is, what was your why for writing the book? Talking about purpose, right? So let's tie it together. What was your why? Oh, you're so great. My why is Sam and Roth. They're two dear friends. They were both two of the loves of my life and they both decided to leave us. They both took their own lives um, almost a year to the day of one another. So I lost both of them in one year. And this project, I call it a divine assignment. It's the most challenging life assignment I've ever had, certainly the most rewarding, but I, I, I did it for them and for everyone who has felt like them in a place of hopelessness or despair, who didn't have the tools, who didn't feel confident or secure or safe to reach out for help, who thought they had to do it all on their own or hold it all in in the, the name of being a man or looking cool to the outside or not wanting to show their dark side for lack of better term. And also wanted it to be a celebration of life for everyone. And, you know, I I talk about society and and it's really sick right now. And it bombards us with all these messages about how we aren't enough. And it doesn't give us the tools to to be healthy and happy. It's just, it's the constant negative. And so, you know, I was a competitive swimmer for 17 years and knew how hard I had to train my physical muscles to compete at a high level. And after losing them and finding myself at the Dwayne Reed on eighth Avenue and 34th street, uh, contemplating taking a, a bottle of pills, I I knew that my life depended on answering this wake up call and shifting the way that I was choosing to live my life. Like everybody, I will say, everybody is guilty of placing their worth outside of themselves. Some may not even realize it, but that's why they have the emptiness feeling on the inside at times. And and I really just dove into so much studying and and research and spiritual tools and practices and 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 went back to school and just really wanted to put a program together for everybody. You know, someone said, "Who is this book for?" And I said, everyone who can read because we all need these practices, just like we all need to exercise our physical bodies to stay healthy and fit and strong. And it's not about looking hot in a bikini. It's about being able to navigate the world and do everything that you, you want to do and can do, whether it's travel or get out of bed. This isn't about a six pack abs, but this, my program will give you a six pack spirit and that will lead to health on every level. So I, I just encourage everyone, even if it's five minutes a day to do some of these practices, I, I wrote this book and it, fun is in the subtitle. So this is fun. It's, it's a workout you're going to actually want to do and return to. And, and I return to these practices daily because it's just like exercise or sleep or eating. It's, it's part of our health that we need to tune into every day and, and give ourselves this gift. And if I've learned anything this past year, my well-being comes first, no matter what. I, I'm not willing to go to a dark place again. I, I, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I, I just, I see so much struggle around me. I, it's been such a challenging year for everyone. Life was challenging way before COVID and, and then everything else we dealt with, especially in this country this past year, it has just been trauma and chaos after trauma and chaos. And, and so this is really within these pages, just such a place to be in self-discovery and be in self-growth and, and really get acquainted with yourself again and, and feel really good. And it's all there for you. So let's go. <laughs> you know, just like, do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I loved the thing that I really picked up on. You said, you know, it, it, you want to be able to 
like you work and you exercise and you move to help kind of expand your world, right? I mean, as physical therapists, I mean, I have patients who are in pain, osteoarthritis of their knees, so they can't walk, they can't, they can't do the things they want to do. And they, and, and she said to me just today, she's like, years ago, my world was, I could do anything. Now it's just narrowed so much because I don't have the physical capacity to do the things that I used to do. And, you know, you hear that and it's, it's so upsetting to hear, you know, and she has some other systemic issues going on as well. But so when you just said, you know, you want to kind of work on your inner spirit and your inner self, just like you would your, your health on the outside, because again, you don't want to narrow your, your mind and your spirit like you would if you didn't exercise and move on the outside. That and it is just, so yeah. brilliant what you just said. Yeah. yeah. It just really, when you said that, I said, oh gosh. And we see it all the time and people from a physical standpoint, and we don't often give ourselves the grace to, to expand our inner selves as well. So I, I love it. That's such a great analogy. And that's why I did, because there is such an obsession with the physical in this world, right? What we physically look like face, hair, skin, body, all of that. And the obsession with, with working out where it goes too far, the other direction where it becomes unhealthy and that's the whole diet culture and all of it. But that's such a perfect example. And, and people see that like, Oh, I break my leg. I can't do X, Y, and Z, but so many people are, are injured on the inside because, or they're they're You have the spiritual flab, the emotional flab from just not working out our inside. And, and it's the same, it has the same limiting effect. And so when, when you do get fit and strong and resilient and optimistic on the inside, really the world is yours. And you, you, like I said, you attract the opportunities, experiences, you become the person who can actually attract and achieve your cherished goals and live the life you say you want to live. And I think a lot of us have forgotten that we have access to this and that we are powerful. And so I'm just gently reminding everybody to tune back into that and to live from that place so that you don't feel limited. So you don't feel like you have a broken leg or like, oh my gosh, I can't physically even exercise. I feel miserable. We're doing that to ourselves with our minds and with our hearts and our spirits. We just, we don't even realize it. Yeah. And, you know, I was going to just ask you, what is the book's core message? But I think you just said it. Is there anything you'd like to add? I, I just, I mean, I, it is, I, I get very almost like dramatic and passionate about it. Just reminding people who they are and, and being comfortable with who you are right now in this moment, exactly where you are and, and reminding yourself of, of your strength and, and your inherent worth and that you can do whatever you decide is important enough. I think people think, oh, this is just as good as it gets, or I can't have that. Or even had some woman say to me, well, you're beautiful. You can get anything you want. And I think, wow, are we still doing that to each other where we're, we're judging or policing or thinking that it's about what we look like, or you can do everything because you have a nice house and, and diminishing each other. And, and, and everyone is struggling with something. And, and I wish people would would talk about it more and tell the truth. And even if you don't tell someone else to tell yourself the truth and, and, and sit, I call it my sit and stare time where it is non-negotiable at least five minutes a day. And I sit and stare out the window or, or stare ahead. And, and I talk to myself like I would a small child and, and say, how are you doing? What do you need? What's working? And it has saved me so many times. And 
you know, I can hear some people saying, well, it must be nice, or I don't have time to do that. Just like people say about meditation. And I say, I don't have time to be angry. I don't have time to treat people badly because I'm exhausted and overwhelmed and at the end of my rope. I don't have time to be miserable. I don't have time to be sick. I don't have time to be rushed to the hospital and pay some <laughs> crazy bill or whatever, you know? So I think it's just asking yourself, what do you really want? And, and who are you? And, and be willing to show up and, and just keep going and take little baby steps here and know that you're going to get stronger and stronger. And then you will crave this. You'll crave the sit and stare. You'll crave these journaling exercises and this time to really get to the core of what's happening inside of you. Excellent. I love it. Thank you so much. So again, everyone, the book is the full spirit workout. And now Kate, where can people find you find the book, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. So you can find the book at the full And that will also link to my website, which is Kate Ekman.tv E C K M A N and Kate Ekman everywhere on social. I'd love to connect with you. I love meeting people who are ready to kind of take on this journey and have fun with it. And we can all support one another. I really believe in, in community and collaboration over competition and, and we're all in this together. So let's go. As you said, let's do it. Let's, let's just do, do it. it. Yeah. Excellent. I love it. Thank you so much. One last question that I ask everyone, and that's knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, hold on, baby. It's, it's all coming. It's all happening. Keep going. Keep trusting. You're doing a great job. I'm so proud of you. Just go relax and have some fun. You're doing great. I love it. I love how you said, I'm so proud of you. That's so nice. Such a good exercise to do. I love it. Kate, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing your book and sharing all this great advice. And I just thank you very much. Thank you. You're the best. I appreciate you having me. Pleasure. And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.